0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelsohn, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Kevin Keppel. Kevin is a Gallup-certified strengths coach and founder of Keppel Coaching. He has helped hundreds of leaders evolve to higher levels of freedom. Through his programs, he helps you unlock your genius and maximize the success And impact you have to increase your revenue. Kevin is an energetic and positive human being and is all about being present and doing work that will make you feel truly alive. His coaching and training teaches others how to work as a team and become leaders of leaders to find freedom from their thoughts so that they can become their best selves instead of just being managers. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show.
1: And I'm Grateful to be here. Thanks
0: for having me, Jeff. So tell me a little bit about your background. So first of all, I'm familiar with, you know, Gallup polls. It's like one of the main polling institutions, at least here in the United States. You get a lot of data from doing polls, you know, and you're a leadership coach. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so amazing.
1: (laughs) Sure. Uh, Like a lot of folks, you know,
0: getting out of college,
1: Yeah, I got this degree and I got a badge and a gun and I I knew enough to to be dangerous, but I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And I went into uh, some different types of professional sales roles and I had some great leaders and I had some leaders that weren't so great, but I always really resonated um, with the people that were coming up behind me. And I loved helping people just be more, be more of the things that made them special without making them feel like less. And then I started hiring coaches to coach me because I wanted to go further faster. And I know every single time I've ever been coached, I've quantum leap down the road towards whatever it is i'm looking for and then i realized that you know that's what i was actually doing in my roles and so uh many moons ago i stepped over and started doing that on my own and you know, like you said gallup's phenomenal at taking polls they've been doing that since the early 1900s like collecting farming data back then and they have a great tool called strings finders that i went through their certification years ago and i mean this juncture i've coached thousands of people with this tool and you know just like any other tool it's powerful in the right hands. And it gives you insight into, you know, Hey, what does my highest, best self look like? And what does it look like when I truly own, you know, the natural talents that I have and point all of my creative energy towards, you know, that, what does that look like? And maybe more importantly, what does it look like when I give all that power away? And so that's one of the things I absolutely love about that tool. So I get to use that and helping the leaders that I work with. I work with lots of different types of leaders, executives, entrepreneurs, you know, business owners, and i really love coming alongside people that are feeling you know stuck in some area of you know their business or life and helping them get unstuck and find that flow and really start to convert that into you know real world abundance and wealth and it's a a really cool thing to get to do because i get to co-create and co-elevate with people as you know part of the you know my job and so i'm super grateful that that's what i get to do day in and day out
0: You know, what's interesting, what you brought up is that not only do you have poor leaders, but you also have great leaders that need help, right? And both of them working under a poor, you know, someone who has poor leadership skills is absolutely infuriating, right? It's just one of those things where you're like, oh my God, I know I can do better. And then when you're being artificially held back by someone who really just can't get it straight is like, Oh my god please just get me out of the situation right it is such a demotivator it can cause you to quit it can uh, cause uh you know immense problems in motivation and production you know there are just all kinds of repercussions that can have th- that can happen there and then when you have a leader who is effective but just needs you know they need you know some of that care as well in order to elevate their status you know it's also equally important how do you help identify you know, when someone comes into your wheelhouse, how they're able to present themselves, like, like what kind of skills do they need to brush up on? How does that look?
1: <laughs> yeah. How do we figure out what's wrong with you? Um, yeah, a great question. Uh, you know, really, it's so simple. It's two questions where I'm always going to start with people and it's like, what do you want? And, you know, that's and then why? what and why? If I, if I can't answer those very simply, then I don't understand it. And if I don't know what I want, like how in the world would I know if I got it or how do I know what action to take to go get it? And it's like, what do you want? Like, what are you passionate about? You know, bring it into your role, bring it into your life. And then, you know, the why is your purpose. Like, how are you mixing generosity into this? And once we're really clear on what it is we want, it's like, okay, like what's stopping us from getting that? And where are our actions and behaviors misaligned with, you know, bringing me the results that I'm looking to create? If I do this and it takes me farther away from the goal, then maybe I need to find a better way. And like you said, it's not like, you know, fixing people necessarily. It's just helping people see what better looks like because that's always the goal. It's like not perfection. It's just, I want to be better than I was yesterday. Like so simple, but doesn't mean it's easy.
0: One of the things that I found interesting about your program is that you have this, um, you know, part of the program is about assessing your strengths, right? Assessing. You know what it is about you that is already awesome and then amplifying that you know and making it better and pivoting pivoting it so that you can have a much better projection of your power and get more production and admiration out of the people that you're leading what does that look like when uh, when someone comes into your program you're assessing their strengths and you know like you're coming up on some realizations that you know, maybe they're not so strong in what they thought they were. And, you know, like you need to help, you know, help them figure out like, no, you're actually kind of deficient here, you know, but, you know, here are some of the modalities that you can work on. What does that look like?
1: Sure. I think when it comes to, you know, genius and really owning our genius, it has so much more to do with habits than it does with actual natural talent. And, you know, Strength Finders is a great assessment. And that's one of the reasons I love this tool, because it's like, hey, here's your natural talents and i've seen like i said thousands of these reports i've never seen a blank one there's always the same 34 talents just in a different order but what's rare is people who can use those talents on demand as strengths and i mean like i will have people that i work with for you know a number of months or whatever and i'm like hey so remind me of your top five or you know your strengths again and They'll start looking through their phone or looking through their computer. Like, hold on just a second. I'm like, man, th- you know, if this is your greatest potential area for elite performance, this is how you own your genius. This is how you bring your greatest work into the world where you create it at your zenith. Like, don't you think we should bother, you know, maybe memorize these and understand so we can have awareness of how to use these on demand without looking at our phone. It's like, you know, if I, re- if I bumped into Superman walking down the street, I'm like, hey, what kind of superpowers do you have? And he had to look in his phone to tell me he could fly. I was like, that would be awkward. And, you know, it's like a joke, obviously, but when it comes to people, like if I have these things that are, you know, natural talent and I, every time I go back to it and I raise awareness of it, I can create more impact. Then why wouldn't I spend my time doing that? Because I want to bring my greatest work into the world and I want to do it in a way that only I can and my highest, most authentic self. And I can't ever be creative making copies of other people. And it's such a cool thing when you're owning your unique genius like that, you don't fall into that comparison game where you're looking at other people and getting like two results, right? I don't ever look at other people and I'm "I'm exactly like them. It's either I feel inferior or superior if I compare myself. And Teddy Roosevelt, comparison is the thief of joy. Like we rob ourselves of joy every time we compare ourselves to someone else. And so it's so simple. Like there's one thing I can do to improve everything. It's to master the skill of choosing love over fear. Because every action we've ever taken came from one of those two places. It was either fear-based and it's like a reaction and a resistance or it's love-based and it's creation and acceptance of whatever it is, you know, Buddha said it thousands of years ago, you know, suffering comes from wanting things to be different than they are like, you know, whatever it is is no matter whatever story I make up about it. But when I choose love over fear, that allows me to create and to, you know, accept and move forward. It might not be the perfect way. It might be one more way not to do something, but if I react and create resistance, then I'm just repeating some past pattern or behavior. That's not serving me. And resistance leads to, you know, overstress because you're getting backed up and, you know, energy is going to flow to the path of least resistance. That's what water flows downhill. And so if I, you know, create this pathway to creation and doing the hard things and make that normal, then that's the path of least resistance. And that's where all of my energy is going to flow because whatever I'm focused on, I'm going to create more of. And if I'm focused on fear, I'm going to create more fear, whether, you know, that fear manifests as anger, guilt, shame, remorse, apathy, pride, ego, whatever. But when you choose love, it's like, it's really powerful because it's not me, right? You wrong. It's just like us. And, you know, that's such a cool way because when you, you know, treat people with unconditional love, you know, not like romantic obviously, but, love for their humanity. Like no matter how you show up, I'm still gonna love you. Right. And you know, we don't have to like people to love them. Right. We just need to treat them with humanity and love. And really that's how you connect with people. And that's how you, you know, build these mutually beneficial co-creating co-elevating
0: relationships. What's really cool about what you just described, you know, really breaking it down into this really binary equation, love versus fear right and if you manage from a position of love if you manage f- from a position of loving what you do loving the people that you work with right and really being able to project that positivity into your work it actually makes everything a whole lot more enjoyable to do right and it, it, and if you do it from fear you know let's just take you know like right now uh, one of the big things that's in the news Elon Musk taking over taking over Twitter right Let's harp on that one a little bit. And basically what he did is that he recently sent out an email saying, guys, I need you to commit to, you know, this is going to be a hectic workplace and it's going to be very intense. And if you're not all in, please take the severance package and leave. Right. And some people are cheering that on like, yeah, okay, way to go. You know, while others are like, dude, this is so toxic. I am out of here. Right. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, When you're looking at a leader, especially, you know, someone as high profile as that, and seeing that kind of stuff being displayed so publicly. How do you see, you know, how things are gonna play out in an organization like that if those modalities are being so are being shown so vividly front and center?
1: When I was reading about that this morning, actually, I was I was really hoping that there's a lot more going on than we can see, because you know, just looking at it. Information we're presented with, I'm like it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because I feel like there's a really specific influence equation as leaders that we can work. And, you know, leadership is influence, according to John Maxwell, leadership, you know, guru. And I know when I was a new leader, I, I worked the equation backwards. Like I just shared the vision. I'm like, here's where we're going, go get it. And, you know, if you, if you don't do it, then you're in trouble or whatever, because that was my model. But I think the influence equation, if you will, is, you know, trust, connection, then vision. Like we have to build trust first, right? Because if I trust you, that means I feel safe. And if I feel safe, that means I feel okay to be vulnerable. And if I'm feeling safe and, you know, that it's okay to be vulnerable, that's when I'll go into the unknown and only going into the unknown, do I create something new. But if I feel like I'm in danger, like I'm not going to create something new, I'm going to stick to what's safe and known and there's no connection. So there's no like shared vision. It's just, you know, doing what I'm told and that's management, not leadership.
0: So, what's interesting about what you just said, right, is that, you know, at some point, you do have to look at a reputation like Musk's. The guy's one of the richest people in the world. Yeah. He, you know, he built spacecraft. He built a car company when everyone told him he can't, right? And, you know, now he's taking over the world's largest, uh, you know, social platform, right, you know, where people are communicating. So, it's not like he does not have a track record. It's not like Jeff Mendelssohn just showed up and, you know, hey, I'm the new CEO of Twitter, right? This guy does have a, def- a definitive track record, you know, to go by it. So, you know, part of that is a, do you trust someone like that based on the anecdotal evidence that you've had over the past couple of years of his successes and how he runs a company? Or do you just go in, you know, I'm not doing that and walking out and taking the severance, right? How do you see that? Yeah, yeah man, it's, it's really confusing to be quite honest. Like you said, he's
1: had so much success and like a lot of different industries and it's hard to argue with success. Like I just don't feel like you're creating that massive amount of success if you're, you know, totally alienating everybody that you work with. But, you know, sometimes like, uh, like a lot of the leaders I get to work with, they've become a, a victim and the villain is their success. And that success is creating, you know, the overstress and the chaos. And it's starting to change the way that they approach things, the way they approach life. And Or maybe it's even a regression to, you know, they had that behavior in the past and they're going back to it because they're in fear because there's so many outside influences going on. And so maybe it looks really emotional, like from the outside looking in. But like you said, it seems like he's such a tactical, strategic guy that like, I don't think he makes decisions emotionally, but that's what it sure looks like. But I feel like there's something that we can't see that he's maybe trying to clean house of a certain type of mindset in there and trying to bring in a new culture up. I don't know. It's really, it's quite confusing.
0: You know, that's a really great insight. Thank you so much for sharing that. I was, I was hoping that you can share with us a success story. Someone that came into, someone that came into your program, took your assessments and was able to level up through your program. How did that look like you don't have to name names, but you know, like how did the process work and you know, what kind of results were they able to achieve afterwards?
1: Sure. So, you know, Pretty typical. You know, one of the CEOs I get to work with, uh, she's really powerful. And she was having tons of success when she came in. And I mean, she was making half a million dollars a year, which is great money. And that's what she was taking home and, you know, family. She's happy. But she was really stressed because she was really busy, but not always productive. And she wasn't getting to create the things she wanted to create. She was just continually doing the things she was really, really good at and she didn't like the company she was a part of and so she she's like i want more i just have no idea what getting to this more look like and so you know we did the strengths of course and got really clear on you know the types of things that are gonna maximize her energy because that's one of the cool things about this assessment it's like hey here's your natural sources of energy and when you use these this is your most powerful version of you know your creative output and so we got clear on that we got clear on what she wanted you know and why and you know, long story short, she really wanted to start her own company, and she did in the middle of the pandemic, and she doubled her revenue in the first year. You know, She started taking home seven figures and stopped working on Fridays and had more time with her family, bought a vacation home, started writing a book, and like all this like creative expression started coming out because she started making new decisions about who she was and what was important to her, and she ended up doing less and creating way more. And man, like for one, there was more ease, peace, and flow in her life and you know that i think that's something we all want more of or you know especially if we don't have it period
0: that's really cool that you brought that up because you know like you know someone who's already very successful you know by by pretty much every measure being able to double that plus and have more time and more energy for the other things i mean that's really you know that's really the pinnacle then of success is that it's not just and it's not just about the money the money actually becomes just this fringe benefit towards everything else that makes it interesting because if she had to work twice as hard in order to double her salary, you know, that would be, dude, that just would not be enjoyable. Right. And it, you know, like a lot of things would start to break apart, you know, between relationships, you know, with uh with spouse, children, friends, you know, things like that. And of course performance at work, you know, which is always, you know, you know, important as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. Uh Kevin, where can people learn more about your practice and how can they reach out to you directly?
1: Sure. Our website's kevinkeppel.us. social media. It's Kevin Keppel. I spend probably the most time on Instagram or uh, LinkedIn. So yeah, if, uh, reach out, say hi, I man. I love connecting with other folks that are, you know, looking to co-create with other people and serve, you know, at the highest level they can.
0: I love it. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this stuff and it's been a really enjoyable conversation. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Jeff. Grateful for you. Thank you so much for listening to the one big tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk.